0: Philippians chapter 1. What's that? Yeah, okay. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, at which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, Making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And so um, we're looking at uh, on page. We've already we're started uh, number one salutation and greeting and we're on page page three. Thank you. <laughs> we're on at the top of page three. Is that right? No, no, no. We're okay. So number one on page three is love abounding in knowledge and in judgment. So I'll just read letter A. Um, love should not be separated from knowledge and judgment. If it is, then what we have is noise instead of love, the love of Christ. And uh, so we looked last week at First Corinthians 1 through thirteen. And uh, i will just go read this. It's just very profitable for us. <laughs> though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have not, uh, or, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And the truth be told, is is without Christ we are nothing. But even after we're saved and born again. We, if we try to go through the Christian life, the, the walk, with, walk with the Lord without the love of God at work in our lives, moving in us and through us to those around us, then our works are absolutely empty. It must be God's work in us and it must be God's love in us. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. And, and you know, I, I just thank God for the Scripture where it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And you just, you know, it makes a lot of noise. A, a tinkling symbol—I don't I forget what the little bells are—but you know, they, they can they can ring out. But really, what we need is is the depth. We need the whole works of God. Everything about God's work. We need Him to do that. And and it can't just be our works. And and Paul mentions this, and and he mentions as as an apostle, he had these mighty gifts that God had given him. For God's glory, and yet without the love of God, it's emptiness. It's absolutely emptiness. It's nothing. And so uh, we we mentioned uh, Ephesians 5 last week as well. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't do that. I have this little note. Didn't do this. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. My my eyes are just so itchy. That's what I'm going to say. It's it's my eyes. (laughs) So Ephesians chapter 1. In verse five, or chapter 5, verse 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And you know, the thing is, is as the Lord Jesus came to planet earth and walked as a human being on planet earth, and everything he did, from the healing to the feeding of the multitudes to the laying down of his life, um, it was not simply just actions, was it? It wasn't just simply God doing this, doing this, doing this, like checking off boxes. It was not that. It was God loving us. And, and, and we're going to get to more about that in a second. But, you know, uh, well, just John 3.16. Most of us are very familiar with that. God so loved the world. That's why Jesus came. That's why everybody everybody in this room that's saved, if we're saved here today, it's because God loved us so much that he sent his son to be everything that we could not be, that Jesus would lay down his life and offer his life as a sacrifice. We're going to get more about that in a moment as well. And so the fact is is that that Jesus is our guide, he's our, our template, he is our example, and he came in love and ministered to those around us, or to, to those around him. And yeah, I was thinking about this last week this, as he spake to the Pharisees and he used such direct language, such harsh language, I think we would think of it as. But it, it wasn't harsh. It was in truth. It was exactly what needed to be said when he said, thou hypocrites, you know, uh, you're 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 straining at a net. You're swallowing a camel. All these different things that you're doing. You're hypocrites. And the thing is, is they had rejected every other point up until that point. And really, the kindest thing I think the Lord Jesus could have done was tell them exactly what He told them. And listen, I I, I have to say personally, I don't I uh, to this point right now today, I don't have the wisdom to know. When it's time to use that kind of language, maybe God will, will give it to me when I need it. <laughs> I think we're all going to need it. Yeah, amen. Well, and that's that's the bottom line is we can't really, without God's help, we can't do anything. We will not have the wisdom or the discernment except God through the Holy Spirit helping us will give us the health and the wisdom that we need. And so he says there in, in, in Ephesians 5 verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, And given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. And, you know, the Lord Jesus told his disciples that God's love in them is how people would know that they were his disciples. So really, if we have the works and there's listen, there's plenty of there's so so much church in America. There's so much religion in America. And so very little of it is so very little of it is of God most of it is men's work men doing things hey miss mary and all, all of us are, are in in ingrained in doing things but if it be the love of god in our lives it is not good for anything mm-hmm. and so this is where we are today we're on number two love alone is not what is required either we need to grow in christ and communicate the truth of his love to the world around us without watering it down all the counsel of God, uh, we're going to get to this in a second. All the counsel of God should be in our lips and testimony, not just a vague proclamation of love. And, uh, and I have a note outside of that, and willful ignorance of the truth. We're, we're going to talk more about that in a second as well. But turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 in verse 17. Acts chapter 20 verse 17. In Acts chapter 20, verse 17. So, this is uh, a great deal. Uh, This is Paul, and as he's going through, he's traveling, if I I remember correctly, he's going back to Jerusalem. And on the way, he stops in Ephesus. And so, he has this message he's sharing with them. And so, it says in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 17, And and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all uh, at all seasons, "'serving the Lord with all humility of mind, "'and with many tears and temptations "'which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, "'and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, "'excuse me, but I have showed you "'and have taught you publicly and from house to house, "'testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, "'repentance towards God and faith "'toward our Lord Jesus Christ.' And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So I know that was a great deal about Paul and where he was at that time and his really his goodbye to the church there in Ephesus. But uh, with that, he said several things there that are very important. He says in verse 20, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. And again, just like Patrick was saying a minute ago, we have to have God's wisdom every day at every step at every juncture to know what we need to share you know because we're obviously we're not gonna be able to share the whole bible with every acquaintance that we see (laughs) but with the holy spirit's help we can share everything that he wants us to but anyway the point is is as paul ministered to these ephesians he kept back nothing that was profitable unto them and in verse 27 he says for i have not i have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of god and again, you know, like this note says in, uh, in in the paperwork there, love alone is not what is required, but we need to grow in Christ and, and communicate the truth of his love to the world around us without watering it down. All the counsel of God should be in our lips and testimony and not just a vague proclamation of love. And and I, I see that as a problem anytime you hear, and I, I've heard many people when you when you Talk to them about the Lord and how we need to be in His house. We need to be following Him and doing. And their sort of rejection of that is all based on the thought of what well, God is love. And I don't believe a loving God will cast people into hell. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the problem is with that is that's that's a a, a proclamation of wishful thinking without knowledge, <laughs> because God has revealed Himself to the world. God has revealed to the fact us to. Revealed to us and to the entire world that He does love us so much the, so that, so like it says in uh, uh, Colossians that He withheld not I think it's Colossians He withheld not His own Son but gave Him for our salvation and forgiveness so that God could look on Brett and forgive Brett for all of my many sins and He could make me clean in His eyes and give me a home in heaven and a life with Him now. You know, he loved us so much as to do that and withheld not the most precious thing to himself that he could possibly ever think about. The fact that he loved his son and sent him. The Bible says there on the cross that he said, uh, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it was communicating to the world that the father and the son were separated. The fact is, is that Jesus became sin for me. And for you, and for the entire world. That is how much God so loved the world. But what is that message if it is God is love alone? Man, there's too much left out if that's what you say. The truth is, is God is love, and that's why He sent His Son. To die in my place and in yours, and to rise again, and to give us the hope of eternity in Christ. All of the hope that we have is in Christ. And for someone to say, no, no, I don't need what you have. God is love. He won't send people to hell because God is love. That's a ridiculous notion. God made it possible for the entire world to be saved. Everybody on planet earth today can be saved through Jesus Christ and no other way. What's that? that (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so the thing is, is every human from Adam and Eve all the way to the last man on planet Earth can be saved through Jesus Christ. Everyone. Folks, that's good news. <laughs> that's good news without any, uh, any, uh, <laughs> oh, my words. I just lose my words. But, huh? Yeah, thank you. No qualifier. That is good news, period. Just period. It is the best news ever that planet Earth has ever received. A, a Savior has come. Listen, that's the point is that there is no message of love without the message. <laughs> the message that a savior has come and has died in our place and has risen again and conquered death and hell and all the judgment that could be leveled at me is taken away in Christ. And listen, folks, it's worth it's worth celebrating that we have this forgiveness of sins. And that we not only have forgiveness of sins, but we have the Holy Spirit living within. We have a completed Word of God that is a communication of God to us. And that we can know God. That's what Paul says also in Philippians. He said that I may know Him and the powers of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Listen, we can know God. We will know Him better in eternity. By far, being face to face with Him. No sin to, to hold back worship. No, nothing like that will hinder our fellowship in heaven. But listen, we can know Him now. We can, we can have fellowship with Him now. God has made that possible. That's why we're here today. Amen? <laughs> we're here today to worship Him together. For no other reason are we here. And so, um, I have this example here in your notes. His example, it is not simply God's love that saves us, but Christ's atoning sacrifice and resurrection god's love will not save without that without jesus's atoning sacrifice there is no salvation and so uh and i have this note that is precious knowledge <laughs> it is not simply god's love that saves us but christ's atoning sacrifice and resurrection that is precious precious knowledge so i have a note out to the left of that many and this we've already been hinting at this or or talking about it but many wrongly assert that a loving god would not cast souls into hell this is a perspective of love without knowledge and we mentioned already john 3 16 i'm just going to turn and read it real quick um john 3 verse 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and who is this speaking the son (laughs) the son that god gave is the one who's giving this message for god so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And again, you know, I know I know this is a message that most of us have heard here today. <laughs> but man, could God have made it? Is there any way in which God have could have made it more accessible than He already has? Believe. <laughs> Remember the Philippian jailer after after you know the the chains fell off, the door swung open. I guess he woke up. <laughs> And He assumed that the prisoners were fled. He drew out his sword to kill himself. And Paul said, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. He called for a light. He sprang and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) And Paul and Silas there said, believe, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I mean, you know, you could be a paraplegic with barely a spark of a mind on planet Earth and you could believe! <laughs> Everybody can be saved. Nobody has to go to hell. God has made it possible that people could receive Christ and be saved and be changed. Listen, we didn't, salvation isn't just so that we can escape hell. God also means to be glorified in our lives. He means for us to shine for Christ. Yes, sir. We leave John to be 18. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's read. Kind of answers the question. Let's just go on from 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And you know, John would go on uh, later on in verse verse 36 at the at the at the end of the chapter. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. And so, uh, you know, it's it's the safety that God has provided that in Christ, it's like under an umbrella. Under that umbrella, you are safe. (laughs) No rain. (laughs) The wrath of God falls upon those who are not in Christ. It is that binary, that black and white. And it's not that God is cruel. God's not cruel. What's happened is that Satan has been in the world and he has camouflaged and deceived and kept people from the truth and people are willing to be deceived. And that is the horrifying truth of people in the world today. People are willing to be deceived. Why? Any thoughts on why people are willing to be deceived? Well, for a lot of times it's sin. Just a desire to stay in sin, Melissa. Huh?
1: Sometimes the truth
0: is too hard to face Well, people. amen. And and yeah, that that's absolutely for for people that are steeped in religion, you know, uh for people that you know they've 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 done many religious works in their life, for them to accept that those religious works did not get them any closer to God, you know, it didn't help them in any way. And and yeah, Brother Patrick.
1: I think part of it's just not acknowledging that we're we're not good. Right. So we to tend to believe people because we think that they're
0: they have good intentions all yeah the time. yeah and that's that's a, a thing that has <clears throat> been propagated wildly throughout the world and I, I have to, I always feel like it's primarily America but the message has been people are basically good you just need to encourage the goodness to come out of them and that's not true that's not the testimony of the Word of God we are not essentially good we' we're, we're actually lost every soul ever born into the world was born lost not saved. And the thing is, is it, 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 it all comes back to the fact that, that lost and not saved, <laughs> you know, we don't save ourselves. It is God who saves us, and he does it through his son. Brother Abby? A lot of times, people, I mean, from the, the retro perspective, people look at us mm-hmm. as Christians, we don't live
1: that Christian life that we should. Right. If you don't see that it's a personal relationship between me and God, yeah, I live, and I'm not trying to oppress everybody. Right, I'm not trying to do anything but serve God. Yeah, in the way that He tells me to do
0: it. Right. So it's a hard. Yeah.
1: didn't turn out the way I thought she was praying about. Right. I
0: thought, well, what's the sense of that? Right. <laughs> so she prayed for God's will be done. Amen. And whatever happened,
1: then give her
0: the ability to accept that. Yeah. Amen. But so, I couldn't see that then.
1: Just like other unbelievers, I don't
0: believe could see God's workings until you get saved. Right. And no, that's I, all clear that's absolutely true you know and and, and yeah I, well and, and you you said something a minute ago too where you know hey that that look at that christian he is not what he should be that's, yes that's very true and uh the thing is we ought not be willing to accept that we ought not be willing to accept hey i I'm, i'll never be perfect therefore i'm not even going to try that's that's foolishness but um but, but the thing is, is what we are is we are evidences of grace where evidences of of God loves me and He saves me not because one day I'll clean up, He saved me because of Christ. <laughs> and because of my willingness to accept Christ, you know, my, my my believing in Him, He saves us. That's 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 the bar that He has set, you know, believing, accepting what Christ has done as our as our atonement. And so we're getting we're getting further into this that says I have this note also that says God provided salvation for all, but lets them choose where to place their faith. And again, like Alby said, you know, a lot of Christians are, are people professing Christ. Not everybody who professes Christ are Christians. There's plenty of people out there attending church, and they say because I'm in a church, that means I am a Christian. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> but uh, but everybody gets to choose where where to place their faith. And I, I thank God for this verse in in First Timothy, First um, Timothy chapter four, verse ten. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men especially of those that believe. And so those those verses just make it abundantly clear. He is the savior of all men. He is the Savior of people in America. He is the Savior of people in Canada. He is the Savior of people in Mexico. He is the Savior of people in Europe. He is the Savior of people in Asia. He is the Savior of people in Muslim countries. He is the Savior of all men. The thing is, is once we receive Christ, I claim Him as my Savior. But listen, everywhere in the world, either you know Christ and you are saved, or you do not know Christ, and you are not saved. Christ is the way that God provided for the entire world, but there are many lies, and people choose. People get to choose where they will place their faith, and God lets people choose. And folks, I, look, I'll, I'll just plain—I'll tell you, I don't understand this perfectly. I don't listen. We for us to approach this eternal. Uh, challenge this eternal race? I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But for us to approach this with human wisdom is a waste of time. Listen, folks, the only way we get this is by God teaching it to us. I've always thanked God for, and you guys know, I've mentioned it many times, but Job chapter 1, we get in Job chapter 1 everything that happens behind the scenes. Job never gets it or we're not told that Job ever receives the information, "Hey, listen, there is a challenge going on." Satan says, "Does Job challenge or does Job worship God for naught?" And God allowed Satan to test Job's faith. Not even just once or twice, but the entire we have the record of what happened there, and as far as we can tell, it's never written in the book of Job that Job ever found out that Satan challenged God on Job's faith, on Job's worship whether it was real. Listen folks, there is spiritual battles happening everywhere at all times that we can't see. We only sometimes see the repercussions of those battles. Satan's working in this life and God is working in this life that person chooses. Satan is working in this life, God is working in this life and that person chooses. Every day, all day long, saints and non-saints are all being tested day by day in spiritual battles and we all choose. And thank God for those moments where God is working in a life and He brings them to faith in Christ and they believe and are saved and are born again and their lives are changed and Satan has lost that soul forever. But then the the test continues from that point. Will they grow in Christ? Will they grow from being a babe in Christ to a a smaller person in Christ? I don't know what the exact term is. Uh, I don't know if it's adolescence or what. But will they grow? Will they grow? Will they keep going until one day they are a soldier for Christ? Every choice is ours to make at every level. None of us are robots. I have wished before that that God would take my free will away and just make me a robot. (laughs) Because I often, so often I'm a selfish person and choose the wrong things. And I'm still doing it today. Just well, I'm not telling you. Forget it. I'm not telling you. (laughs) I have just this week prayed, God forgive me for my selfish thoughts and my selfish motives. They're always there. And so we have to ask God to help us to have the grace to I thank God for what it said in Ephesians 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as what? Dear children. That's what we are. (laughs) It doesn't matter if we've been saved for 30 years. And gotten advanced degrees in seminology and <laughs> theology. I don't know what it. You know, we, it doesn't matter. We are all still children. Most mm-hmm. advanced Christian on earth, whoever he or she is, you know, they are still a child. Mm-hmm. Still a child of God, Brother Patrick.
1: Here's another uh, verse about you're talking about the Savior of everyone. Amen. I'm not going to read the whole verse. Yeah, sure. Okay, but there were false prophets. We've read this before. Also among the people. Even as they shall be false teachers among you, mm-hmm. who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, Amen. and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even, even somebody who brings in damnable heresies privately, yeah. he's saying, the Lord that bought
0: them, Yeah. the Lord that bought right. them. Right, and, and that thought, too, that the Lord that bought them, the Lord bought everybody. <laughs> right. He, he made it possible for it, and I, I always thought it's a beautiful picture thinking about the fact that we're all in the slave block of sin, every one of us, and Christ comes and buys us back. Right. It's such a beautiful thought, Brother Alby.
1: Mm-hmm. So that told me as a child, it's was like, wow. Yeah. He's like, that's what I remember when
0: you're saying that as a baby Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Even when you get to that point, you still
0: could learn. Yeah. We still could learn. Well, and that's, that's one thing I've seen that. is that in the Bible, and, and you, you know Paul said something similar to this as you grow, you don't get more prideful. <laughs> if you're growing as a Christian, you're not getting more prideful. You're becoming more humble because you start understanding things better. <laughs> and that's the truth is none of us are none of us are anything except for Christ. About the anything any the best of any of us could ever say is I yielded to God. Mm-hmm. You know, as the flesh, and the world and the devil are pulling on us. God is also wooing us, mm-hmm. leading us. And you yield to the world or you yield to the flesh, or you yield to sin or you yield to Satan or you yield to God god is leading and the rest of the world is also pulling and pushing and and we decide who we're going to give place to the world is constantly trying to tell us how to live our lives and god has already told us the right way to lead our lives and so we'll never be perfect but we can we can be followers of god and so back to that note it, it is not simply god's love that saves us, but Christ's atoning sacrifice. So I also wanted to look at this in First John. If you turn there with me, this is a beautiful verse. First John chapter four, in verse seven. And I talk about this a lot, but you know what? I don't care because I love this thought. <laughs> I love talking about this. So First John chapter four, verse seven. First John four seven. Beloved, let us let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. So we're back to this thought of love is God. <laughs> it's okay to say that. You bet. God is love. For God, love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that he might live through him, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if god so loved us we ought also to love one another and so there's a lot of you know for a lot of people have made made notice of the fact that john speaks in very simple terms very very direct terms but there's no less depth because it's direct this is there's a lot here in this passage and the fact is is that Every time I come to the word propitiation, I pretty much have to look it up. (laughs) I've talked to you guys about the word propitiation many times. But you know what? Every time I do, it's a continual blessing to me. And I have this note that I put here that I want to share with you. Propitiation. God must judge or condemn evil and sin. He cannot condone or ignore it. God cannot condone or ignore sin. He can't. It's not possible. He is holy. So anyway, my sin was judged in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and his sacrifice and God's wrath towards my sin is pacified and it is consistent with his holiness to forgive me because of Christ's atonement. Let me read this again. Propitiation. God must judge or princes condemn evil and sin and cannot condone or ignore it. My sin was judged in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and God's wrath towards my sin is pacified and it is consistent with his holiness to forgive me because of Christ's atonement. And so, I, again, to me, this, I, I, I like writing that down because it helps me, you know, frame my understanding a little better that God can forgive a sinner because Christ was made sin. All of my sin everybody here sins the entire world sins and listen we get to this these numbers and it it just my mind just gives up i don't even try thinking about it and then you think of all of mankind back to adam and all of mankind these are numbers that are just they're way out in the stratosphere and i can't even try but the point is is all of those sins were judged on the person of jesus christ and there on that cross as he had the nails pierced in his hands and his feet, and the crown of thorns shoved on his head, and the beating that he received, and everything else that happened there was because of very specific my sin, not just the humanity sin collectively, but my sin being judged that day on the Lord Jesus Christ was being was was, was being that which would uh, <laughs> what. Pay, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, satisfy. Satisfy. I emailed a I text a pastor about this yesterday. And so uh, Anyway, the point is, is that Christ's sacrifice satisfies God's anger. Mm-hmm. So that God can forgive the sinner. <laughs> Free and clear, no problem. The debt has been paid. Because of Christ's atoning sacrifice, God can look at me and say, look, if you agree about Christ and I agree about Christ. You are mine. And I get to be His forever because of Christ. And listen, that propitiation, that atonement, is is what has made it possible for God in holiness to forgive sinners such as I, such as everyone here. And we get to celebrate that. So my note here, and this is where we'll stop, is God's love and compassion drove Him to action. And that's that's a beautiful thought. That action is the knowledge that is shared. So it cannot be God is love, period. End of this in the question. Let's just go on being who we want to be without any thought about what God wants. The bottom line is that God so loved that he sent his son. His son came and offered himself and was the atoning sacrifice. And now because of Christ's death and resurrection, God can look on sinners and wipe their sin clean from the accounting slate and they are free who's uh, the, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mm-hmm. The truth, the knowledge, not just some ambiguous thing of love, but the truth of God's love in action. And that's what this entire world needed and it, and it, that need is only satisfied through Christ. So Pastor, 10 seconds. Uh, hey, Ask and Pastor.
1: And <laughs> if I, I offend thee, pluck it out. That's, Amen. That's for your, your allergy.
0: Oh, thank so God. <laughs> Patrick, he switched tracks me. He didn't tell me. <laughs> okay, well, you know, listen, folks, we, we can celebrate these wonderful truths of what Christ has done and that his love was not just a vague proclamation towards us, but it was illustrated. It was in action through christ so lord thank you for this time we've had thank you for the truth thank you for the knowledge of Jesus' love and mercy and sacrifice we thank you lord that scripture all throughout the bible lord old testament new testament all over the place you've spelled it out how much you love us that you sent your son to die for us and to rise again and we are very grateful lord we worship you and we celebrate lord this truth and we pray that you please bless everyone here according to the need, every need that was brought in with us. And we pray that you please uh, bless us to leave here today praising your name and glorifying you. We pray for your blessing in the coming hour, Pastor, as he preaches and all of us as we sing and in special music. Lord, let it all be done for your glory. And we thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. When pastor
1: didn't say.